We've been dealing all month long on miracles of healing. And I stand before you today that we have witnessed miracles of healing. Amen. It's good to see Mark, who we baptized on Sunday evening. It's good to see you, Mark. It's good to see you, Mark, here in the house of the Lord. So good to see you. We have been witnessing miracles of healing. Uh, but I don't believe God is through yet. Well, I've got about five people to believe that. I said, I don't believe he's through quite yet. I don't know, maybe you don't need anything or you've had enough, but I, I need more. <laughs> I need more not only in my life, but I need more in my family's life. I need more in my children's life. Amen. I need more. I need more. And I believe that we have a group of individuals here today that are in search of more. And I truly believe that if we would just hunger and thirst after him and go after him today, that you will receive that more. Uh, I, I have never found my God that I have served the years of my life to leave me empty handed when I have reached out to him. Anytime I've left empty handed is because I stopped reaching. Uh, but anytime I've reached out for Jesus Christ, he always met me and placed in my hand exactly what I needed. Oh, I wish I had a testimony in the house here. Uh, because today you can receive in your hand exactly what you need. See, before I go any further, I feel like I need to build faith just for a moment. We've got to understand that, that we must extend our hand tonight. Amen. We must extend our hand reaching out for what we need from the Lord. So I believe that tonight is going to be an extension service. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. It's going to be an extension service. So I don't know what you need, but you ought to extend yourself just a little bit further. Uh, so some of you may not have to get off the back of your seat, get to the edge of your seat and extend yourself just a little bit further. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We spoke on Sunday morning about winning, and I want to continue in that same vein as we deal uh, with miracles of healing. I want to continue down that same avenue because we dealt in the book of Philippians on Sunday morning, so I want to start there in the book of Philippians. For the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13, it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Paul goes on to say, I press, extending, uh-huh, extension. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, I press. I press towards the mark for the prize. I want to speak today a little bit about that prize as we deal with miracles of healing. You know, uh, my kids love Chuck E. Cheese. Does anybody else here love Chuck E. Cheese? I got some more adults raising their hand than I do kids. All right. So we got some Chuck E. Cheese lovers. Jordan, don't try to act grown now. All right. You like Chuck E. Cheese too. So uh, Chuck E. Cheese, my kids love Chuck E. Cheese. And so 
when we lived in Ohio, Chuck E. Cheese was the hot spot. Uh, and uh, we didn't mind going to Chuck E. Cheese because you can spend about $30 and you can have all the fun that you want. It was an inexpensive place to go and the kids can have a great time. So we moved here to Lafayette. The kids were looking for Chuck E. Cheese. And so, of course, I think we went there at least once, maybe twice. We went there a couple times. Uh, but old Chucky, Chucky didn't survive the pandemic. I, old Chucky, Chucky. Old Chucky E. Cheese. I uh, drove by there as Jordan and my daughter and I, and I think maybe my daughter London was with us, and we went to Cold Stone or some, maybe we went to uh, what's that green place? McAllister's. Uh, I think we went over there. We were going somewhere in that area and we drove by and you would have thought, I, I don't know what you would have thought. I cannot explain it. But my kids were distraught. Okay. Uh, because we looked over and seen Chuck E. Cheese and ran out of business. <laughs> it went out of business. We looked and I, I'm looking at the kids. My, my, I mean, I didn't know what I was going to have to do uh, just to resurrect them in their, in their spirit. Because, and then Chuck E. didn't make it easy either. Because if you looked up, it looked like a death, a criminal scene. It looked like a, a crime scene because you've seen the outline of where Chuck E. Cheese used to be. I said, oh, God, oh Lord, Chuck E. Chuck e done died. Not only did Chuck E. leave, he died. We, we got to find another Chuck E. around here. We got to find something to go on. There, there was no more cheese in Chuck E. So, and it was just an outline of where Chuck E. Cheese used to be. So I said, my Lord, we got to get away from this place very quickly. Somebody put some, some yellow tape across that. This is a crime scene. This is what this is. And so, but whenever we went to Chuck E. Cheese, you always went there to collect your tickets. And you would always go to collect. You didn't go there for the pizza. Don't tell me that. Oh, no. You can make DiGiorno in your oven better than that pizza. Uh, so you didn't go there for the pizza. You didn't go there for that stuff. But you went there to collect tickets oh, y'all ain't gonna talk to me in here see uh-huh come on Bentley I know you like Chuck E. Cheese don't play with me don't play with me act like you just all about Dave and Busters you like Chuck E. Cheese but you went there to collect tickets that's right you and you wanted as many tickets as you can get matter of fact if you've seen one of the games and one of them tickets done and left in a game because some kid forgot they tickets uh-huh, you became an instant thief. Y'all better repent right now. Everybody in here better get on your knees. This is going to be a powerful altar service today. Everybody need to repent. Because you look around. <laughs> You're stealing. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it so sneaky. You take them tickets, throw it right in your bag like it's yours. I ain't earned a ticket. You going around taking everybody else's ticket. That's right. But you wanted your tickets. You didn't leave without that. That's right. And we would collect all those tickets. You'll play those games. Oh, yes, Sister Robinson be on them. She'd be trying to get all those tickets she can. Get all those tickets she can. Why? Why did you earn the tickets? There's no, there's no, there's nothing in the tickets that you can take home. You wanted the prize. And the more tickets you earn, the bigger the prize you can leave with. <laughs> you wanted the prize. That's why you earned 
so many tickets. Church, that's why we come to church because we want the prize. Before I go any further, every time you come to church, you get your ticket. Every time you open up that Bible, you're earning a ticket. Every time you fall on your knees, you're earning a ticket. Every time you lift your voice and shout hallelujah, you're earning a ticket. Every time you repent, you earn a ticket. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when people say, why you go to church so much? Because I'm trying to get the prize. Why you pray so much? Because I'm trying to get the prize. Why you read so much? Because I'm trying to get the prize. Why do you shout so much? Because I'm trying to get the prize. Clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify him. And I'm telling you, as we see the day approaching, that's not the time to lay down your tickets. That's the time to collect more tickets. I'm telling you, if there ever was a time to be in the house of the Lord, that time is right now. I don't want to miss one Sunday morning. I don't want to miss one Sunday evening. I don't want to miss one Wednesday. I don't want to miss one prayer meeting. Why? Because I'm collecting my tickets. Because one day, I got to cash in my tickets. And I'm telling you, you can never have more than enough tickets. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, I didn't mean to get everybody excited about Chuck E. Cheese. Because you can't go there tomorrow. (laughs) It's a crime scene. No more tickets at Chuck E. Got to get them somewhere else. But you didn't leave without your prize, though. I wish I had some parents here. Those kids will make you turn around. Don't let them find three tickets in their pocket. I got three more tickets, man, three more tickets. They can't get nothing with those three tickets. But don't tell that kid that. I want something. So you just make up something. We'll get you a Tootsie Roll when you get home. My Lord. That's right. Want our tickets? Let's go after the prize today, amen. I, I, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's go after our prize. There's an old adage that states, "What's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine." Uh, I got a few laughs out of that one. That may be jokingly quoted in marriage. But it gets at something every relationship must address. Individuals, single people say, this is my house, my car, my bank account, my things. Let me go back up to the top. Individuals should say this. This is my house, my car, my bank account, my things, my family. But when you come, become in a marriage It's about our house, our car, our bank account, our things, and our family. Well, the question can be asked, what about Jesus? What does Jesus fit in that? In our relationship with him, does it matter if we say something belongs to us? Does anything belong to him? 
Well, the Bible says in John chapter one, verse number three, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Not only does everything belong to God, but we as well belong to God. For the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 20, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So you don't even own yourself. God owns you and I. Mm. Mm-hmm. The scripture goes on to say in Psalms chapter 24, verse number one, just to put a little bit more emphasis on it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So you belong to God. As I spoke on a little bit Sunday morning, I was emphasizing the fact that Paul said his goal was to know Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be all of what Jesus had in mind for him. This goal absorbed all of his energy. This is why Paul in his writing used a lot of metaphors like racing, like exercise and fighting. This is proven in scripture. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse number 24 says this. Know ye not that they which run a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. And then the Bible goes on to say in first Timothy chapter four, verse number seven, it says, but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself unto godliness. It goes on to say for bodily exercise, profiteth little. Now notice it did not say that bodily exercise does not profit at all. Uh huh. It's okay to be on that treadmill. It's okay to walk around the block every once in a while because it does profit. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So godliness will not only help you today, but it will help you tomorrow. It will help you next week. It will help you next year and on that day of judgment. The scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course or I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto, somebody say all unto all them also that love his appearing are you ready to see the lord oh let's clap our hands unto the lord in his house so someone tell your neighbor don't give up don't give up there's a prize waiting for you oh some of y'all didn't tell nobody come on tell somebody don't give up because there's a prize waiting for you it's greater than any other prize Uh uh-huh any other prize I remember when I was in college and I was selected as homecoming king when I was in college it was a special moment because my parents happened to be at that particular time or particular game in Texas and what was interesting is is that I had no idea how I won until after it was all over. We had a very large um, Arabian population on our campus. Very large Arabian population on our campus. And after the game and everything was over, 
And I had that crown, and I took it off, and I placed it in my parents' hands. They're proud of their son. They're smiling and giving me hugs and all this. And after the game is over, there was a group of Arabians that walked up to me and said, Eddie, Eddie, we vote for you. <laughs> all of my teammates said, what is going on? <laughs> what, do you know them? Do I said, man, I don't, hey, man, hey, uh, I don't know. But thank you for your vote. <laughs> It felt good in the natural to receive a crown on your head. I don't care. You can go to Burger King and put one of those fake crowns on your head. You walking around like you royalty. But there is nothing. I mean absolutely nothing that can compare on the day of, of April the 13th uh, around 1215 when I came down to an altar and I begin to throw up my hands. I begin to lift up my voice and I begin to speak in another tongue as the spirit gave me the utterance. And God says, I know you got one crown, but now I've got a I've got a crown of righteousness. What I'm simply saying is, is that there is nothing in this world that can compare to the crown of righteousness. There is nothing in this world that if God has found favor upon you and you have reached out for him and you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, we still to get excited about the day we were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, but I get just as excited because I'm still here living for the Lord why because I don't want to lose my crown hey man please, please, please be seated a crown of righteousness so let's learn about this here because 2nd Timothy chapter 4 brings out three keys to receiving the crown of righteousness. Because the crown of righteousness is the ultimate prize. The crown of righteousness takes what Timothy brings out as you must fight. We must fight. This is not a cakewalk. If someone lied to you and said this way is easy, they would. Uh, yeah. mm -mm. That's why, Brother Brian, we call ourselves men of valor, mighty men of valor. You've got to be strong. This isn't for the weak and the faint hearted, it takes strength to resist temptation. It takes strength to say no to things that your flesh is saying yes to. It takes a strong man, a strong woman to resist the temptations of the world that are surrounding us. It takes a strong group of people to have all day of work and all day of the things that you've been dealing with and still press your way to the house of the Lord on a Wednesday. I wish I can talk in here. 
it takes strong young people to be able to stand in the middle of other young people that are doing all type of things and you still resist the things of the world it takes a strong young man to be in a locker room full of boys that are talking about other girls and you got to ease your way out of that conversation it takes a strong boy to say yes I'm still a virgin I'm saving myself for marriage it takes a strong woman that says yes saving myself for marriage is the right thing to do that takes strength oh it's easy to give in it's easy to give up it's easy to do what everybody else is doing but it takes strong people so we gotta fight Timothy says you gotta fight then he says finish the race seen so many people put up such a good fight only in the end just to give up only in the end just to throw in that towel he says we have to fight we have to finish the race and then he says we must keep the faith we're fighting to keep the faith there are many people that have lost the faith and they consider themselves finishing the race. No, you're on the wrong track. Because there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. Don't get caught up in the noise and in the nonsense of this world that says there's many ways to heaven. No, there's only one way. That is through Jesus Christ. There's only one way. You must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You must be filled with the Holy. There's only one way. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to keep the faith. You can't jump off the track, go to another track and say, well, I found another way. A little easier way. No, no, no. It's a straight way. Narrow way. Broad is that way to destruction. We've got to fight. We've got to finish the race. And we must keep the faith. That's why Philippians 4, 1 says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and longed for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And he goes on to say in verse number 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now remember, Paul wrote Philippians from prison. It was more... Uh, like house arrest, but he was in prison. It seemed strange that a man in prison would be telling a church to rejoice. That seems strange. But Paul was teaching us that our inner attitude does not have to reflect our outer attitude or our outer circumstances. That's why we can find where we read that Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even when his own wife looked at him face to face and spoke words of giving up the fight. For the Bible says in Job 2 and 9 that his wife said unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? She said, Curse God and die. But the Bible says in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Why? He was keeping the faith. Why? Because Job wanted his prize. 
We find in the Hebrew boys that after being threatened to be thrown in a fiery furnace because they were refusing to bow to the image of Nebuchadnezzar, which is a type of the world system, that Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 16 says that we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They go on to say, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Why? Because the Hebrew boys wanted their prize. And because they were consistent in all the things that they did and held their ground, the Bible says in verse number 27 in that same book of Daniel chapter 3 that all the princes and governors and captains and counselors, they all came together and saw that these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither was their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Why? Because they fought. They finished the race. They kept the faith. They fought. They finished the race. They kept the faith. Why? Because they wanted their prize. They had been collecting ticket after ticket. If I can use that example again, they wanted their prize. They weren't leaving without their prize. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 13, verse number 5, it says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. It says, prove your own selves. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 10 says this, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. It says, wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Why? Because we don't want to leave without our prize. There's a prize for you here today. There's healing for you here today. There is deliverance for you here today. For someone, there is salvation for you here today. And you should not leave without your prize. If you've collected tickets week after week, month after month, you've been praying and reading your word and you've been fasting, you've been earning what you feel you need to do. Don't leave here today without your prize. See, before I, I, I go a little bit further, this is important because we must not leave without what belongs to you and I. I put emphasis on that week after week that do not leave here without what belongs to you. I say that repetitively trying to encourage people to understand that what belongs to you belongs to you if you reach out for it. I'm going to say that again. What belongs to you belongs to you if you reach out for it. We can be so aggressive in many areas of our life. Why be passive when it comes to the things of God? I want to help someone from the front to the back that today is not the day to be passive with the things of God. But today I'm leaving here with a prize. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm leaving here today cashing in my tickets, saying, Lord, I'm ready to receive what belongs to me. 
I'm leaving here today with my hands raised, my head lifted up, and my heart yearning after the things of God. Because I'm saying, Lord, I'm collecting my prize today. I'm telling someone right now that we must understand that there is a prize, that there is a gift waiting for you. And that gift can have your name on it. It can be a miracle that is waiting just for you simply because you say, I'm not leaving here without my prize. I'm not leaving here without what belongs to me. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and magnify him just for a moment. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Last Sunday and even today, how we understand that Paul was one that had earned a lot of things in the natural. But yet he came to a place in his life where he counted all loss that he may know Jesus. And then today we emphasize the fact that he understands that there is a prize, a higher calling, a high calling that he's after. And he says, I press towards that. That now that I know him, I'm pressing towards what he has for me. So let's go a little bit deeper in that. Now that you know him, what are you pressing for after him? Now that you have an understanding of who he is and what he's able to do for you, what are you pressing after in order to receive what belongs to you? What are we pressing for and pressing after to get the prize to go after the very thing that we need? I want to help someone here today because I'm telling you that the gift of God is available right here today the gift of God is available the gift of the Holy Ghost is available you you will never hear me I, I will never stop preaching about the Holy Ghost I'm, I'm telling you the gift every service every opportunity I have I want to tell people the Holy Ghost is available you just never know there can be one person a young person somebody here an elderly person that has not spoken in tongues and they just need to know the gift of God is available for you Amen. See, we need to always be excited about the gift of God because it is available for you. What I know and what I feel is that when it comes to the things that God wants to accomplish in this house here today, is that we have families that are in need of healing. Hallelujah. I've been feeling this. I think I mentioned something to Sister Carter about it a, 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 a while back. I've been feeling this for a while, church. That we have families that are in need of healing. In need of healing. Sister Lupe, what you shared with me on Sunday night, am I right? On Sunday night, you have no idea how that stirred me in my spirit. Because the Lord has been dealing with me about families in this church. And that we are in need of healing. 
We need healing. That's why I wanted our young people in here today. I wanted parents and children in here today. I wanted all of us together here today because I believe we're going to receive healing today in families. We're going to receive healing today in families, in people's hearts. I want my prize. I want my prize. I want my prize. There's no greater joy than to see my children living for the Lord. No greater joy than to see your children living for the Lord. No greater joy than to have healing in our home and in our family. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching right now. There's no greater joy than seeing our family and our children healed in the mind, healed in their heart, healed to where they live for the Lord. I love praying for physical healing because God is a physical healer. But I love when I see spiritual healing because you can get in and have physical hurt and pain. You can get in and still have diseases. But if you're not healed in the spirit, you may not make it in. And today we are going to pray families together for healing in the spirit. That God comes by and heals people in the spirit. My family and your family there's not going to be a family left out to where all of us together are going to pray for one another's family because i believe that there's a prize i'm telling you right now i want my prize i'm telling you church i've been praying and fasting we have been praying and fasting and believing for miracles of healing and I'm telling you, I've been talking to God saying, Lord, Lord, now is the time. Why do we have to wait for year 2022 or 23? Why can't we believe and see it this year? Mm. You can call me crazy. You can say I've been praying for 35 years and it didn't happen. Well, this year, what's, who's to say it can't happen this year? Amen. Who's to say it can't happen this year? And see, me and my wife have only been dealing with the situation with our daughter Ava just for a couple years. We haven't been going through this a very long time as as some people have been going through things for a very long time. But see, it it still hurts. It still hurts when when, when when she's five years old now, when a five-year-old looks at her daddy in the face and said, Daddy, I just wish this would go away. As I'm sticking her arm with a needle, she said, Daddy, I wish this could go away. You you see, you, you, you understand what I'm saying, how tears could come down your face because I'm saying, Lord, just do it right now. But yet I still see the sugar raising. I see the the sugar dropping. And and I, Lord, do it right now. But that doesn't stop me from believing. It doesn't stop me from praying. It doesn't stop me from shouting. It doesn't stop me from rejoicing. It doesn't stop me from telling somebody else that God can do it for you. Why? Because one day I'm going to receive my prize. Hallelujah. 
So that's what I've got to believe. And that's what we must believe. You hear what I'm saying? Here, uh, can, can, I, can I just talk in here for a little bit, Brother Carson? I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You, you, you hear me? It, it should never stop you from believing. Amen? It can be frustrating. You see a little bit of progress. And then you would think, what got into that little knucklehead? You see some progress. Ooh, you can jump out of your shoes. And then it's like it just, yeah, just yank them right back. I know it can be frustrating in the natural. But you can never allow yourself, Sister Gears, to be frustrated in the spirit. Never. That flesh can be weak, but that spirit must stay strong. Just believing that one day it can go all the way. Because all it takes is a moment. That's all it takes is a moment. And I still got to rejoice just saying, Lord, when is that moment coming? When is that moment? When is that moment? But see, that doesn't mean you don't cry. You hear what I'm saying? That doesn't mean you don't have hurt. That doesn't mean it, it, it hurts. You've got pain. And you're wondering, Lord Jesus, what is happening? But in your spirit, though, sister, you've got to stay strong. Because there's a prize coming. And I've been collecting my tickets for a long time. Some of y'all got more tickets than I can count. We've been collecting tickets for a long time. We've been doing the right thing, living the right way, talking the right way, believing the right way, praying, being faithful, giving, collecting a lot of tickets. And you want to, look, I can't hold on to all these tickets. I've got to cash in at some point. So church, press. 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 Uh-huh. Press. Yeah. Press. Because just a simple text message. Just, just someone who you thought, I don't know where their mind is. But in a text message, they just said, Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I wish I wish y'all could see the text message Sister Lupe's talking about. But because you just never know. But I'm here to encourage this church. We're cashing in our tickets. We are believing. Amen. We've been walking out a long time without our prize. I'm not walking out without my prize. I'm not walking out because I believe. We believe. And we believe that God is able to do it. Let's stand to our feet right now.